Welcome to Hello from the Other Side, where we validate how our loved ones on the other side are always with us, ready to help when called on. Here's your host, psychic, medium, and best-selling author of There Is No Death, Only Life, Maria Verdeshi. Hi, my name is Maria Verdeshi, and thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Hello from the Other Side. And today my guest is Susan Buonacore, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Susan's mission is to help people feel connected with the world and to facilitate awareness in order to defeat negative behavioral patterns and thoughts. She believes in cherishing and nurturing as the primary conditions to the healing process. And I really want Susan, and hello, Susan. Thank you so much for being here. Susan, I I want you to just kind of tell the audience about you and what you do. Yes. Well, it's been fun working with you. I think we're a good team when we work together. And you and I met because we have the same teacher, Georgia Lambert, in The Nature of the Soul. So that's something we share. So we share a similar frequency and why I love working with any of your clients that you've sent to me over the years. I have a master's degree in psychotherapy in London, then moved to California. Now I live in Arkansas. But I, especially Maria and I, we work really well with our clients that are trying to heal from narcissistic abusive relationships and leave those relationships or have had family members, parents or siblings or friends, but mainly intimate relationships, I would say. But what's also common is often we've had relationships with parents that may have been narcissistic and found that way into our personal life too. So often when people come to me from you, I never know where they are at necessarily. You've just referred them. And so I would look at where you're at in your relationship and what it is you want to work on. What I always tell my clients, like when I'm doing a reading, so all of a sudden I start feeling it. But when their loved one on the other side starts sprinkling the eggshells, that's my, oh, you've got a narcissist in your life. And oh, the walk eggshells, yes. Yes, always. And that's how they'll show me is that by the eggshells or they'll start jabbing me in the right side. And I always tell people, you're going to need some tools for your tool belt. And Susan is one of those valuable tools that you're going to need because she's really good and she knows what she's doing. Because I always tell my clients, you can't do this on your own. You can't. You can't. None of us can. And I find even with therapists, it's great to have a therapist who has also been through what you're going through when it comes to narcissistic abuse. Because as Maria and I, we've discussed, and as I've discussed with so many of my clients and other colleagues, unless you've really been through this, you can't understand the depth of damage it does and how you lose yourself in the relationship depending on what's happening. So often what I do with clients when they first find me is start to build trust, which has been broken over and over and over again, and reassurance that I will never ask them to leave the relationship if they haven't already, that I am not going to judge them for staying in it, 
but I am there to help them understand it because I like to compare it to a virus that it gets in and you didn't know how it even got there, how you caught it, because the relationship never starts out that way. There's the typical cycle that a lot of us are pretty aware of now because narcissism is a pretty hot, hot topic. I think what maybe was considered somewhat normal behavior is considered very abnormal these days. But the common theme is always control and finding that control and how they find it depends on their qualities and your qualities. Every individual has their own story, but they're almost all very similar themes going on in all of them, including even literal words and phrases that are said. The top one being, you don't love me, you love the idea of me. Hear it all the time. Boy, is that's a big one because I can say from my last relationship, I heard that a lot. And I kept thinking, what are you talking about? Because that was far from the truth. But I kept being told that. So it's kind of true because usually it's the empath narcissist dynamic, empath being that we can really feel them, we see their vulnerability often. We have compassion for them and we see where they could be. You know, we're the great justifiers of almost anything. And so we kind of are in love with the idea of what they could be if they would just let us love them, if they would accept it and they don't feel worthy of it. And then there's the different types of narcissists, but they're all doing the same thing. The malignant ones, the honeymoon phase isn't quite as insidious. You know, they'll, they'll get you and then they immediately start in with real full-on verbal abuse usually, whereas the covert narcissist, which the spiritual ones, I have added another bracket because we tend to want to trust anybody that's on a spiritual journey thinking that they couldn't be that way. They've just found another way in to mirror you and the best parts of you, and they're very, very good at it. They're very good, and I got to say the spiritual ones are... That I agree. That one is very confusing because you think you step back and go, well, wait a minute, but you're spiritual. So I must be wrong. I'm wrong on my feelings that something's off with this. It must be me because they're spiritual. They meditate every day. So it must be me. I'm wrong. Or it can even be used against you. If you are so spiritual, you would open your heart to have a polyamorous relationship or you would accept this child I had with someone else, or you would accept, you know, they would use it in a way where you felt like, again, you're doing something wrong. So I always look at the person's, where are they? And are they kind of in denial still? Like, I know they have issues, but that's just how it is. I don't really want to work on that. I want to work on empowering myself. So I'll go to where they're at, because otherwise, my goal is not to get you to leave, but get you to feel you come to that conclusion if you need to. There's levels of abuse, but there's stages of awareness. And the first stage is I have an issue. Maybe your friend will say, I can't believe your partner talks to you that way. Like what? And you might kind of think, oh, everybody. Oh, he is. Or something happens. And then the second stage, you're deflecting, projecting like, well, that's just how it is. And they get in defense mode about it. You know, I'm not perfect either. That kind of. You know, I, I push them, you know, I expect too much of them, 
that kind of thing. And that's really hard to watch when if you're a family member or friend at times when you can see that they're being abused. And then this third stage, you go through, I'm not comfortable with it, but I don't know what to do about it. And so you just kind of shut down, maybe start drinking a bit too much wine, withdraw from friends that kind of test you on it, don't want to hear about it. And then you get to the point where it's really uncomfortable. You can't repress the pain anymore. And that's when maybe they start seeking you out. Like, I need to get some guidance. Or I miss my aunt so-and-so. She would know what to tell me. Or my mom. Or like, I need something more. When people come to you in these relationships, what are they usually looking for? Because we want proof. We usually need absolute proof that I need to leave. Do they want to know if they're cheating, being cheated on? What do they tend to come to you for? They tend to come to me for, they want validation that it's a narcissist. So when I say things like, so do you feel like you're walking on eggshells? Do you feel like, you know, you have to really watch everything you say? Or I'll start picking up on their, we'll say, if they're in a relationship, their anger. I'll see it as like this volcano and I'll say, so do you feel that you have to be really careful because at any time this volcano could erupt? And once I start saying all these things, their eyes are just getting bigger and bigger. Like, how do you know? I only know because their loved one on the other side is telling me. And you know how to translate it. And so in this fourth stage, they'll start to seek out validation I'm not crazy because you've been gaslighted. This phrase gaslighting is becoming pretty common now where you're being told your reality is not the right reality, that that never happened. They never said that. They never meant that. You don't understand. You're crazy. And so they'll flip back and forth. Typically, we all will between that fourth stage and third stage of, well, maybe I'll just shut down and not think about it. I'm not ready to take a move. So then I always get very practical too. Like, do you have children? What's your cultural beliefs? What's your finances? And the finances is usually a really big one because if their partner did have a major career, that was something they loved about you, but then they start getting it to the point where you're just reliant on them or you always have been because then they can control you. It is always about finding control because they are the most insecure people on the planet. Or if they do love your career, they'll be working in behind the scenes and it's only because of them that you're doing so well. And then really kind of almost pimping you out in a way to some degree with some of them, or some of them can't handle it. If you're really, they want you to be amazing, but not so amazing that you're more amazing than they are. Mm -hmm. Can't. It's always a contradiction. So you can never win, really. You know, if you're being too nice, you know, why are you happy today? If you're not happy, why aren't you happy? You have everything you've ever wanted. That's more the malignant. The covert one would typically withdraw and see if you start chasing after them or they all have their methods of drawing you in. And then eventually you get tired of it and you start going into the consciousness and healing of it. Like, okay, I need to do something now and I need to start taking action. And then it really starts and you start putting in your boundaries your boundaries are your most loving thing you can do and to begin finding your way out. And so some of my clients I've helped for years prepare, years, because they didn't have any money. They're very controlling. And so we create a plan. I help them 
find, remember who they are. I help them learn the gray rock of not being very responsive. They don't like it, but that you don't give them any personal information because sometimes it's more uncomfortable to leave and have nothing in the beginning. And if they're being physically abused, then that puts us into a different arena and we look for safety. We create a plan. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes a while because I have clients going through that third and fourth stage back and forth and they're not quite ready. It took me a long time. So that's why I never judge. I never judge it. And it does. Especially so, if you have kids. Oh, yes. And it does. And I'll even have people that will come to me for the readings a couple times that are going through it. And it's always new validating information that will come in from their loved ones and spirit that they need to hear that makes them stronger so they can keep moving forward with what they need to do. Yes. For so many of my clients, they finally have the thing because you might even get validations that they're cheating, that they are lying, all kinds of things. But maybe they needed to see it. And so it's almost as if guidance will like make the iPad drop and they see what's going on and who they're talking to. It's really interesting. And so that's when I like to send people to you as well for all other reasons as well. But especially when they need validation around, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what's being talked about. What are you not looking at? And then eventually they come to that stage where they can finally leave because Unfortunately, I have yet to see any narcissist change. I do think they can get better at hiding it or when you hold really strong boundaries, if they don't, they may try. You know, there's everything's on a spectrum, right? But overall, usually there's been once you wake up and you can see all the abuse that's gone under the bridge, all that water, there's no turning back. You're not going to walk back into that. I have had clients that just come to acceptance of, well, this is just good enough and this is where I'm going to tolerate. And they do. And we don't really, we work on other things for now. But there's some people that definitely need to leave. They definitely want more. They definitely want to be in a relationship again one day where they can trust. And then we work on that. I agree with that. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. It isn't like something you can shove down. And I've had some great validating information that's come through. I had one reading where I could see a, like a lockbox that was hidden and it was like in this closet, but it was very, very well hidden. And I'm like, okay, we'll go in there. It's, and by God, she did and she found it. And she's like, I had no idea that he had this. You got to have a key to it. And I'm like, well, where's the key? And she basically smashed the box open because she thought, this is crap. We're married. He's got this whole thing that he never told me about. So that's how detailed spirit can get. Are they all like that? Where they're going to, no, they're not all like that. I believe that they give the information that they know that's needed. That's what I believe from spirit. Yeah, I believe that they're minimalist. Yes. People get really confused because in the beginning kind of like a drug it literally becomes like chasing that first high for people because in the beginning they love you like nobody's loved you typically they pay attention the love bombing and it's really unfortunate because you might meet somebody that's very loving and open about it and you get suspicious after that but 
there's certain red flags, like really rushing, wanting to move in together or wanting to have control over some part of your life pretty quickly in, in the sense of let me take care of your finances because I'm a banker. There's a way of finding control out of care and you feel so cared for and taken care of. In my male clients, which aren't as many, but I have had a few, they all have had very narcissistic mothers and they've chosen a partner that is similar and they find it hard to leave that partner. And it's a little different in some ways, but mainly women having a very similar experience of trying to be controlled. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes to you, what would a typical session be? Or what different tools do you offer for them of services that you do? So I have traditional therapy where we talk. So the first session, usually you meet me. People just want to jump right in and do the full thing. But most we meet, I take down your history so I can see your patterns, understand your family, if you have children, all that stuff. Then I have different tools, such as my soul memory discovery training, where we go through and we can look at your soul history. There's all kinds of beautiful empowerment techniques and things to clear you. I have other body of work of decording and helping you energetically. I teach you tools that you can continue using to decord your emotional body of worry, of abusive memories, uh, shifting and changing it. I use another method of neuroscience called havening to help shift the amygdala part of the brain or as my trainer that taught us this technique. It's a newer technique and it's amazing, beautiful, touching technique used to pull the fight or flight or freeze that tends to happen a lot when you've been undergoing a constant barrage of abuse to back to the frontal lobe that we don't sit and remunerate and you know how things come and take over your brain. So havening can be a big part of it for some clients of helping them retrain their brain not to go into full-on panic and anxiety. And I have all kinds of meditation techniques as well as the techniques you and I have learned with Georgia that I pull in and use in sessions with them to learn how to focus, focus forward, focus using their physical, emotional, mental body so that they can be focused and not scattered. Because the another thing that narcissists love to do is create chaos. They are amazing at creating chaos. And so it scatters you, your feelings and your, you're not thinking and feeling and like you're kind of all over the place because you're losing yourself. They keep things chaotic. They have control. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Kind of look at, I look at where are you at and understanding? Have you already left and I'm helping you heal? Are you thinking about leaving, but you're scared? If you have, do you have enough money to leave? Because that's a practical point. Do you have kids? Where's your family at? Because often a lot of these narcissists are also very charming and everybody loves them. And you've kept it a secret because either you're ashamed you don't really want to admit it yourself. And so everybody's like, what? Why are you leaving? You know, so and so. He's a great guy. She's a great girl. What's going on? And then you have to explain yourself. And then you get the second stage of they don't understand. And then you feel so hurt because nobody's listening to you because people don't. Right. So then we have to go through that. So I kind of look at where you're at, where your beliefs are. I don't like making anybody uncomfortable. And I do retreats. 
I'm creating a space here where I've moved recently to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, so we can have beautiful retreats here. Not necessarily talking about that, but you're with other women knowing that they have been through the same thing and there's no judgment. Because one thing that people hear that you should never say, I'm going to say should, never say, is I would never put up with that. Why aren't you leaving? It's not helpful. No, it's not. Right. It's more like, I believe you. And what do you need? And sometimes you just need to vent. You need a place to talk about. And I'm a safe place to do that. So sometimes I'm that. Well, some of my clients going through major transition, I'll also offer living diary is what I call it. So that they can text or email me what's going on and how getting extra support because you can feel like you're going to die when you leave because you've been so ingrained. It's become your whole life to keep your relationship together, especially if you have kids and you need extra support. And so I like to be a good cheerleader too. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. I love that, that you offer that. Wow. And the retreat, I can't wait. That's going to be beautiful. That is going to be beautiful. I will definitely be telling my clients about the retreat. And your new home, it's such a beautiful, welcoming space. And the outside is amazing. The whole thing is just so welcoming. Thank you. Yeah. And that's the other thing. A lot of people, they want to know why. And so if someone's spiritually inclined, we'll go into, well, what is the lesson of you? And every time as we begin to reframe it, the empowering, when I see the energy, when they're calling back all of their energy, their power back to them, and their brain comes back on, that they've learned a lot and that they can help others leave too. Absolutely. I can speak from my own personal experience experience says that I've always stepped back and said, thank you to the universe. Thank you for the lessons. I appreciate it. And for, you know, I can say for that last relationship I had, I do thank the universe for it because I know I will not be repeating those patterns and I'm grateful for the lesson. And as we heal it, we help heal it for everybody that's been through it. This is one thing we know. And it's really hard. I find with some things very common as well, when you finally decide to leave, you know it's the right thing, and you see them immediately moving on to the next person. It's very hurtful. It can just break your heart. and matter to you. That's the typical phrase I hear. Did I even matter? And it's hard to say, not really, because they're fragmented individuals. A part of them did. You did matter. But a big part, it's more about, Am I desirable to this ex-partner? I need to know that I'm desired, that people want me, and they typically make you look like the crazy one. They tell the new person that you're crazy. And so I'm also going to say, don't ever even bother to warn the next person because they already have gotten earful. They're going to have to learn for themselves. All you need to do in your mind is say, I'll be an open door if they ever have questions, if you want to be. But you soon learn as soon as somebody starts talking about their ex in such a negative way. Like I always question it. Oh, I do too. I'll, I stop and I go, really? Well, what made her that way? (laughs) You know, and my favorite one, like I'll laugh and go, and not that I heard this one, but I'll always say, you know, yeah, I want to know why that she burned the house down. What did he do? 
or why did he burn the house down? What did she do? Because I know there's the two sides. And there is. I mean, we all have a part to play. People want to be loved. They want to be in a happy relationship where they feel understood and seen and it's comforting. And you shouldn't have to beg to be hugged, to be loved, to be encouraged. Basic things to be cooked for. I was just having a conversation earlier today. Oh, but he cooks. Like, so? Like, exactly. This is something that should be given. I'm taking care of you. You take care of me. We're taking care of each other. And you forget. You just forget. Exactly. What it's uh, like an easy relationship. Wow. Susan, thank you so much for being here today. This is insightful. And I'm going to have all of Susan's information here on the page with the podcast. So you will be able to look her up and find her. And Susan is amazing. Thank you, Susan. You are too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hello from the Other Side. You can connect with Maria and book a reading at mariaverdeshi.com. While you're there, be sure to join her email list and be the first to receive special offers.